Hello everyone. We are back today with the final session in Romans chapter 8. We're going to look at verses 30 through 39. They'll finish out the chapter and I want to start us off by reading verse 30 which is kind of a bridge. Now let's let's do 29 and 30. They go together. It will bridge us to the rest of the chapter. Here's what it says. For those whom he foreknew he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. In our last session, we talked about how God predestined us to be image bearers of Jesus. That's what the focus was on. God wants us to be like Jesus. He's conforming us. We've seen that all throughout chapter 8. And now in verse 30, he mentioned uh, predestined again. And and then he says, we were called. Uh, Paul had also just said we were called two verses before that in verse 28. Remember, he said, all things uh, work together for those who love the Lord. those who are called according to his purpose, right? So now Paul adds justified and glorified to the ways God works in our life. He he actually mentioned those earlier as well. In verse one, we saw that Jesus justified us because Paul says, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Jesus stood condemned for us and he died on a cross. We talked about that and how he rose up and defeated death. And, and we're justified because Jesus was paid the penalty for our sin. And he gave us his righteousness. He gave it to all who delight in him, who delight in God's word. As uh, far as being justified, it's pretty much all over the chapter. Uh, we've been like lavished with the first fruits of the Holy Spirit, like, like peace and joy and fellowship with God. <laughs> You know, that's sharing the glory of God, right, with Him. We're glorified now in Christ. All these wonderful spiritual gifts are a down payment of eternity. I think we'll do kind of a blitz of some of those things, more specific, in just a minute. So next, in Romans chapter 8, as we continue with the passage we're looking at, Paul begins asking a series of questions that he will answer, actually. He, it's kind of like an open book test, right? <laughs> um, 13 questions, and he gives us the answers. Um, we'll start off with verse 31. Actually, two questions in this verse. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? So what are these things that's so amazing that Paul is referring to? And then why would he follow... Question one with the second question that really implies uh, with decisiveness that if Almighty God is for us, none can be against us because who can have power over God? (laughs) Nobody, right? So what are these things that prove God is for us? So let's see what Paul's been telling us about a whole bunch of the, the graces that God has given to his children in chapter 8. We won't linger long on them, but 
Uh, I think it's uh, as we're closing out this chapter, it's really good for us to just kind of do an overview. Uh, some of these gifts of grace are for now, uh, while we're in this broken world and, and our bodies are broken and all this, all these troubles all around us. And others are promises for the future. All right, well, let's just roll through this. Verse 1, no condemnation. We talked about that. Jesus was condemned for us. He who knew no sin, he became sin. Uh, and the chastisement of our peace was upon him. Right? We talked about that. Verse 2, <laughs> we're no longer under the law of sin and death, like Adam and Eve were, right? The wages of sin is death. Uh, Romans 6.23 says, but then it says the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So we're no longer under the law of sin and death. Uh, verse 2 says, but we are under the law of the spirit of life, right? And then the Apostle Paul goes through a whole lot of spiritual blessings that God gives us that come to us through the spirit of life as it begins his, his working in our lives. And some of those, um, the Holy Spirit prompts us to new family values, not our old family values where we were living for selfishness and in greed and bitterness and unforgiveness. We actually didn't know how to love others the way we should until God showed us how to do that by loving us with this agape, unconditional love. So the Holy Spirit begins prompting us to a set of, of new family values. Okay, we talked about that. Verse uh, 14, uh, the Holy Spirit leads us. The Holy Spirit is, is bearing witness that we are a child of God. Verse 16, uh, the Holy Spirit makes intercession for us. You know, we sometimes don't know how to pray. Then in this broken world, we don't really know where to start sometimes. And we just lay it all down before the Lord. We've learned also how we have been adopted into the family of God, to be a child of God. So John 14, 18 says that Jesus, that God did not leave us orphaned. No, he came and made us his child. And so we get a full inheritance and it's a spiritual inheritance. Uh, we're gonna one day be raised up incorruptible to be with God, with bodies, yes, but spiritual bodies. We can't really wrap our minds around that. But these are the, the gifts of, of the Spirit that God has promised for our future. If the Spirit of God who raised up Jesus is in us, He will raise by His Spirit us up as well. And, and Paul talked about how His His Spirit also working in us while we're here gives us victory over sin and it gives us joy in this life as we walk with Him. So that's, that's what we have. This is a down payment. Um, Paul talked about how we have his spiritual first fruits. It's a down payment of an eternal amount of spiritual joys. So um, we also talked about how God foreknew us and he predestined us to be conformed to the image of his son. He called us, he justified and glorified us. 
And part of that glorification we receive already with the spiritual gifts that God gives us. But there's so much more to come. So that's kind of the review. And I believe these are some of those things that Paul is referring to when he asks in verse 31 that we just read, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? And those are the first two questions. Of course, no one can be against us if God is for us. So Romans 8, it, um, it starts big, right? On what God gives us, saying that, that we are no longer in condemnation. Uh, but then it keeps building throughout the chapter. And then we come down to verse 32. And he keeps building. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? I had a friend once who, who married into a very rich family. And his new father-in-law gave him a, a wedding present. It was just a little piece of paper, really. Huh? But it was big. It was a signed blank check. So he could have written the check out for a million dollars, maybe two or three million. Um, and that was his honeymoon gift, right? <laughs> okay. Look, that is nothing. That's like dog poop compared to what we have in the inheritance that God has for us, who in our new family that we've been brought into, Jesus is the groom and we are the bride as the church. And the Bible says that all things are ours. We are now in the richest family in the universe, right? <laughs> so it, it's a cool thing that in Jesus, God gives us all things. And actually, as God reveals his, his son to us and his glory, then we see him as the greatest treasure in our life. And we joyfully give him all things. We, we unclench our hands to the things of the world and he becomes our treasure. Matthew 13, 44 says, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. That is a vast contrast to the rich young ruler in Luke chapter 18, who came to Jesus and asked what he might do to inherit eternal life. You may remember that story. Jesus talked to him and told him how he must unclench his hands from his greatest treasure in order to hold on to the greatest treasure in the universe. And this young man, he had much money, many possessions, and that was what he treasured most. And he was not willing to unclench his hands that he might receive Jesus. So, so my uncle was a, uh, a missionary in Africa, and he told me how the tribes people caught monkeys. They would find a tree with a hole in the trunk that was big enough for a monkey to stick his, his hand in. And then that they filled the hole with candy. Monkeys apparently love candy. And when the monkey reached in and filled his hand all with candy, it was too big to get it out. And he would not let go. Even when the people came up with clubs and 
whacked the monkeys on the head, they were not willing to, to give up what they treasured and they lost their life. <laughs> so look, the beloved of the Father is Jesus. God gave us his best treasure uh, to be paid for our sins, Jesus, his only son. And if he did that, don't you think that he would give us all things? So a good question as we close out chapter eight is, are you willing to unclench what you treasure the most and take Jesus, the greatest treasure in the universe? In Philippians 3.8, Paul said it like this. And this was his testimony. He said, Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. So that's what we are called to do every day, right? We, we take up our cross and follow Jesus every day and die to self. Yes, we fail, but we're a work in progress. He who began a good work in us will complete it to the day of Jesus Christ. So that's our call as believers. And if you've never began that circle of repentance in your life and look to Jesus, then that's what he's calling you to do right now, is to turn and look to Jesus in faith, and believe God's word and hope and delight in Jesus, his only son, who lived a perfect life and died a sinner's death and defeated death for, for our good and for his glory. Well, uh, what God has given us is better than any blank check that anyone in this world could write. Let's close out the chapter here, and it's talking about what we've been talking about, all these great graces from the Lord. And now Paul is reminding us not to worry about all the brokenness around us. We've talked a lot about that throughout Romans chapter 8. Don't focus on the brokenness. Focus on your treasure, Jesus. So let's begin with verse 33 and um, look at some more of these questions that Paul has asked and has given the answer to as well. Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. So while we are like here in all this brokenness, it keeps pointing us to the one who was broken for us. Remember 828, Romans 8.28 says, all things worked together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. So, so all this brokenness, sickness, um, even death has nothing on us. God is going to raise us up 
incorruptible and give us all things. Uh, for time's sake, let me just close out with three final verses in chapter 8. And, and I think I will end with a poem. It's kind of been a, a little bit of therapy for me as I've been looking at, at the chapter. And it's helped me kind of uh, ponder. Uh, but, but these final verses are powerful. And uh, Paul has began Romans 8 with amazing, powerful uh, promises of God. And he has kept building until now. And so this is a part of the, the grand finale. All right. So let's read verses 37 through 39 in closing. No. In all these things, it's all the brokenness, right? In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So I'll close out with a poem about Romans chapter 8. God gave us his son, his greatest treasure, that we might discover our greatest pleasure. He opened our eyes and we beheld his son's beauty. He changed our perspective to worship from duty, no longer residing in condemnation. He gave us adoption, new family, new station, new values, new mindset, the reason to dance, new homeland, a mansion, eternal inheritance. He gave us his spirit to lead and to guide, to bear witness where he is and for victory in life, intercession in trouble, weakness and depression for all he foreknew, called and predestined. Jesus perfectly lived and then died for our sin. He rose from the grave and will raise us again. We are justified, glorified. All this is done that we might be conformed to God's only Son. All brokenness, trouble, anguish and pain Every trial and hardship is meant for our gain. When others mean it for evil, his child stands assured. All things, even death, God works for our good. If the Father of lights has given us his best, why would he hold back all the rest? Then we, in his presence, with fullness of pleasure, ever lavished with love from our greatest treasure. Father God, thank you for your word today. Uh, thank you for Romans chapter 8, Father, and how your, your word does not return void, and it is working in our lives, Father, opening our eyes to see your beauty and your glory and, and all the love and all the promises that you have uh, given to us who love you, Father, through your only begotten Son, Jesus. 
keep working in our life, Father, to show us more and more of your glory. And let these seeds of truth um, uh, bloom in our life and, and bear fruit, Father. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen.